Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the L Rambles podcast. It's L here, and I have my co-host with me, Jules. Hello, everybody. <laughs> hey, Jules. <laughs> excited to be here. And today we are finishing our last podcast topic, the part two of how to find a good coach. And today we're going to be talking about how to be a good client and these are going to be some helpful things for you to take away that's going to, that are actually going to help you with following through with your own personal goals. So this isn't just like, okay, what are the steps to being a good client? How do I be a good client to my coach? It's really how to be a successful client. So this is this can apply to you if you're even feeling a lack of motivation and a lack of just direction for what you're doing Um, because I think sometimes when we dive in and we figure out okay so what is it that I'm missing what's that motivation that I'm missing what are these crucial steps to being a successful client when you start to break it down and almost think backwards you can start to apply that to the daily things that you do in order to to really execute and be successful in your goal um, so before we kind of begin on that, uh, just, I just want to say what's up and that it's we have a blizzard going on here right now. And so if there's any beeping, it's like the town plowing the roads outside of my house, just as a warning <laughs> to you guys. But we literally have a, we're going to get what, two, almost two feet of snow? I think that's what the expectation is. Yes, we just had about a foot of snow uh, sometime last week that we all Four are. Four days ago. Uh, yeah. It was over, so, the, over the weekend or on, I don't know, it wasn't Thursday. Thursday, Friday Thursday, Friday. I don't know. It just, so, yeah, we're where, getting all of our winter in wherever, like two weeks. <laughs> wherever you are in the world listening to this right now, somebody told me a few days ago that they were watching, they were listening to the podcast, walking and watching the South African sunset. They were in South Africa. And that like blew my mind. I was like, oh my God, I'm honored. <laughs> I'm literally honored <laughs> that you're listening to our podcast and like walking along the, the or did I say sunrise? I think it was sunset. Anyway, regardless of where you are, I hope that it's beautiful um, and sunny. And if it's snowing where you are, cool it's it's it, totally cool but it, you know it's absolutely magnificent outside of our window at least my window here I'm looking out and the snow is fluffy and you know it's the snowflakes are literally floating they're not even just coming down because it's windy yeah, but it's they're big and fluffy and they look like they're actually just sort of suspended so it's you know snow is interesting it's so many it effects like, it looks like um the like if you ever if you've ever gotten like a snow globe it's like mm. it's 2018 so like if you're young you probably have never gotten a snow globe but <laughs> and that's you, a shame go get yeah, one like but i think about it and it's like when people people would bring home souvenirs from places and they'd be like look I got you a snow globe now people are getting like iPads for gifts and stuff but like it's snow Disney globes were cool snow. <laughs> so anyway it looks like a snow globe out there um it and it's you know it, it's weirdly putting me in a good mood even though I haven't left the house today it's 3 p.m and I'm not leaving the house uh they basically told us, like, do not go anywhere. Do not go anywhere. Don't, well, there's no place to go. Everything is shut down. True. 
Yeah, and I was telling a client in Texas today, she was worried about us. I said, you know, uh, we are prepared for this. You know, we are used to the snow. They come in big trucks and they haul it out of the parking lots. And so, you know, in in less than 12 to 24 hours after the snow is over, we will all be out doing what we need to do as long as we don't lose power. I'm looking out at the trees and like the snow is just so heavy um, that the trees, the branches are breaking. And I'm like, this is so sad. Why is it like, yeah. So anyway, sorry, we, you know, (laughs) rambling for about five minutes about the weather, but seriously, um, wherever you are, let me know. This is our state of being. I want to know where you're coming from or where you're listening from. Um, So let's get into it. The, the, so I kind of started off by um, telling you guys who this will help and why this will help you. Um, Just for a little recap, if you haven't listened to the first half of the podcast, um, we basically talked about how to find a good coach and um, a couple of things to look for uh, and be aware of if, um, you know, a coach is promising certain things and you're like, I'm not too sure about that. So now we're going to dive into, you know, how to be a a good client and how to be a successful client. Um, So there's like two major questions that you want to begin asking yourself. I just wanted to uh, quickly jump in here. Um, I do want to add that a lot of the things we're going to talk about here in terms of how to be a good client when working with a coach. If you decide that you're not going to work with a coach and you're, you still are, you're, you know, you're maybe coaching yourself. So if you're going to use yourself as the accountability factor here, all of these tips can still help you be successful. So it really comes down to, you know, often how you, your perspective of something, but you know, this topic is to follow up on the concept of working with a coach. So I just wanted to put that out there for people to understand that there's a lot of value to listen to the information here, even if uh, having a coach or hiring a coach is not either, you know, something that is uh, appropriate for you or, you know, just sort of in your your perspective of of where you are in your goals. Um, But as we go through talking about these different concepts and questions that they can be applicable to yourself, if not now, but maybe in another future time, for sure. I will say being a good client and, and good is kind of a week, you know, it's hard to use those, those terms, good or bad. Successful. (laughs) Being a good client, being a great client is really just about, are you committed to your goal? Um, so, so we're going to jump into the questions and that first question is, are you ready to commit? Um, and this doesn't necessarily mean, are you willing to do whatever it takes, um, to, you know, to get to that goal? A lot of it means, are you ready to at least have the hard discussions, um, if the obstacles come about or, uh, if concerns come about, because if you're, if you're committing, you're also committing to a relationship, um, between yourself and your coach. So not just your relationship, um, not just the commitment to the goals, I'm sorry, um, but a commitment to the relationship with your coach. So you can discuss things when, when things get hard, things get tough and you think that you may want to quit. Because it'll happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I do think, you know, we're going to refer back to this often throughout this whole concept here. But it is that mindset. You, It is when people often have that sort of, they talk about the point where their motivation kicks in. And it's that light bulb moment or that they flip that switch that they're ready to actually 
follow through on what it is that they want to get done. And and so when you are aware of that, you do need to have that full concept of what that commitment means and how much are you willing to um, focus in on what it would take, not necessarily, as Elle said, do whatever it takes, but be open and open-minded and accepting of uh, the fact that there are going to be things that you're going to need to commit to, and you have to be open-minded to accept that. So that to me is when somebody says they're willing to commit, because a lot of times people don't even have a concept of what it's it is, take. what it's going to take, no matter what you know their goal is, whether it is uh, a competition or whether it is something else in their health and fitness. You know, for example, I'm just going to talk about stopping um, smoking, which is a big health commitment. And so when somebody, you know, says that they're willing to commit to working with um, whatever support that they're going to do to do it, that they may not know all the things that are going to come their way, but they're going, but they're focused enough and their mindset is set. Yeah. So. And I mean, like, but to even bring it to something that's applicable to say a competitor that's listening right now, uh, a lot of times, you have to really be sure that this is something that you want to do because times are going to be hard, especially when you're doing something that is relatively extreme. Now, someone who is a general weight loss client, fat loss client, or someone who's just looking to get more involved uh, in a healthier lifestyle and keep up with their motivation in the gym – the commitment level has to be there and you have to understand that it's not always going to be like no you can't do this no you can't have this but a lot of times you're gonna have to be like no i'm committed to this goal so it's just not right now um and so that whole commitment aspect is number one in our opinions because that is just a whole umbrella for the rest of the things that you need to be kind of aware of when you're stepping into a role as a client or as um, someone with a specific fitness goal. Yes, absolutely. And, and you know, sometimes we'll have people who will come to us and they, they really want to achieve something, but, you know, they may even know what the struggles are going to be, but then they'll almost stop themselves before they can really get any motivation going or and not motivation, momentum going because they will uh, bring up something that they already foresee as an obstacle. So those are the things that I think, L, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but a lot of times that those are the thought processes that you have to acknowledge and know, you know, if you're the kind of person who struggles just even getting to the gym and yet you still want to go and do a competition, then we may need to work on that level of commitment to making sure you get to the gym. It's yeah, just going to happen. That's such a good point because it's a lot of times, and that's just, oh, this is going to, we are doing a second podcast after we finish up this one. So um, they'll be posted on the same day. So after you guys listen to this, you'll be able to listen to the next one. But what she just brought up kind of starting, you know, we're going to touch in on that the next podcast a little bit, but it's all about starting small. Um, and there, so say you want to lose 50 pounds, but like you don't even like vegetables. Okay. So you have to start small in this, in the sense that 
you have to figure out the vegetables that you do like before you can be like, okay, well, I'm going to lose 50 pounds. Um, you know, not necessarily vegetables equate to fat loss or weight loss, but it's just, it's, it's all about, um, picking out these small little things that add up and you have to be honest with yourself what level of an extreme you're able to commit to at this given point in time in your life Um, because there, there will definitely be different times in your life that it will work and other times that it won't. And one of the things that I think is also interesting, a lot of times people will um, come to us with their concept that they want to commit to preparation for a um, a competition. And I actually embrace it when they say, you know, I know that this is going to be a test of what I am capable of and I'm, I am willing and, and ready to do it. And that is... Um, I think that's exciting because that's a reason why somebody might want to pick something that is uh, a little bit more on that sort of extreme because this is, you know, competing as a hobby. So they do want to say, okay, you know, can I test my ability to make sure that I have my food prepped, that I'm going to make sure that I get all of my nutrients in and that I'm going to get my, you know, sleep in and that I'm going to get my, my program in. Um, But that's where I think that, um, they have, they've learned where they're going to push themselves. So that level of commitment for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. It, well, and you have to think about it like for someone that runs a marathon, okay, a lot of running a marathon is really not very comfortable. I mean, I've never done it, but I know for sure that running a marathon, like you end up with aches and pains, you know, you're sore, you're hungry, um, you know, like weird things happen to your body and it's like people still do it so it is that extreme um so you know you just have to be ready and say yeah I'm I'm willing to deal with the the bs that comes along with it um because it's important to me to set this goal and and do it so that you know that's our big umbrella that is just are you ready to commit and the second important things that that you want to ask yourself, um, are you coachable? So this does apply to being a client with a coach that you're paying or even being a coach yourself. So these are the types of things that a coach needs from you in order to help you succeed. Um, And we have uh, four main ones that we think that will really help you um, in order to be the best client or be the best person ready to smash their goals for lack of a better term (laughs) yeah and I think the the term coachable um is an important one to think about because many of uh, the people in the fitness industry uh struggle with uh, uh, (laughs) and I can just say this because many people who uh who work as trainers and as coaches themselves we do become a little bit of health and fitness snobs and so that you have to step back and and understand that if you're going to reach out for the support from a coach that you do need to um, allow yourself to be open-minded enough because the person that you're hiring to help you may or may not agree with you a hundred percent but that's where it's going to lead into these four different topics. And and so the concept of being coachable is really um, very broad and it is something that I think everybody really needs to pay attention to. So um, the first one, I'm just going to dive right into this first one is pretty much um, 
that, you know, is the execution and commitment. And so that's what the first part of being coachable is, is that, you know, you're given a plan and that you will follow the plan, but ask for help in areas that you either may struggle or that maybe you don't understand, or even if conceptually you your view on it may be um, one way, and then maybe your plan may be something different, but at least open up to uh, the, the understanding that this is the plan and that um, you're going to discover things along the way. And those things that you discover may be struggles. So um, do you want to add anything to that, Elle? Yeah, I I want to just point out that a lot of times when, and this happens to us and has happened to us since 2013 when we started coaching people with the flexible nutrition approach and people will say, well, that's too many carbs for me. And I'm so thrilled every time they say, well, that's too many carbs for me, because I always say, hey, why don't you, I I walk them through it, and then I say, hey, since you're feeling a little bit uncomfortable, and you're not quite sure about this, why don't you reach out to, in the private team Facebook page? So each one of our clients has the ability to connect with their um, their fellow teammates in our private Facebook page, and I always say, hey, ask, you know, when when they first started, did they start, were they uncomfortable with the amount of carbs? And I say, I bet you a bunch of people are going to say, oh my God, just wait, you're going to be asking for more carbs soon. And they always ask in there and they always get the feedback like, oh my God, I was scared, you know, I was scared of those carbs at first. And now every week I'm like, can you please give me more, give me more. And so the point of hiring a coach is so that you can get a plan and because what you're doing isn't working or maybe you you're not committed without the accountability but that's the point you know you're you're reaching for outside help because you can't quite do it on your own so although it's different from what you're maybe used to there's a purpose behind that and i do think that a good coach will explain that to you but also a good coach won't put you or have you doing something that is so extreme that it can't be a quote-unquote reversed or scaled back or turned into a different thing to make it better fit you. So asking for help or asking for clarification but still following the plan is crucial. Absolutely. And this, that totally does make sense. And this, again, this is going to go into our our next podcast a little bit, but it is um, a lot of times with programming of, um, with people, it it is a matter of, uh, we have to start somewhere and we have to be able to see, you know, what, what's happening and, and to, you know, we say trust the process because we have to pick a path. And things always need a place to start before we can go any place. And paths can change direction. As I'll mention, sometimes we have to reverse things. Sometimes, you know, we have to take a pause. There's a lot of different, you know, analogies to traveling on maps um, and cars I make all the time. But if, you know, if I always say, you know, it, it's, I embrace it, Elle embraces, all of our coaches on our team embrace it, that we want you to ask why. Why is this 
why are you doing this? Um, what is the purpose of this? Explain, you know, or maybe help me understand so that I can execute and 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 put that trust in the process because I've already made my commitment, but now I have to um, allow myself psychologically to buy into that. Yeah, and I think that that's a perfect segue into number two, which is communication. And so um, the main thing here is checking in regularly and on time. And I think that that is kind of, uh, it's a difficult topic to discuss because it's, you have to, as a, and this is for any coach out there too that's listening, um, you have to enforce those kind of boundaries um, and enforce those rules if you do and I hate to call them rules because, um, but they are they are helpful for the coach and the client in order to a see results because if you're checking in regularly, you're going to be able to be on a steady path and um, an evolving path. Uh, and if it's sporadic, the coach really doesn't know what you've been doing. And it goes both ways too. I think a coach needs to be clear to their clients on what the expectations are for communication. You know, whether whether it is setting boundaries or you know letting the 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 person they're working with know. You know, the best way to reach me is email, or the best way to reach me is text. Um, and this is how we go about it, and this is the information that I need from you. And then also as a client, you should also have you know a certain understanding of what kind of feedback or or, or um, communication back from the coach. So, you know, if you're a client and you're, you know, told you can text your coach and you text your coach and you don't hear anything for two days, you know, it gets a little frustrating. You know, email, same thing. You know, we do know that, you know, the big world wide web out there with emails and, and Google things, gremlins. Google gremlins, things fall through the black holes. And if you have hotmail, I am so sorry. My email hates hotmail or Yahoo. So, um, but we, we, you know, it is important that you have an understanding. So if you don't hear back or you feel, um, you know, so technology is important. And and sort of as Elle said, and I agree, there really should be some guidelines or rules um, or, you know, agreed upon ways to communicate. Even if the coach doesn't necessarily say like, oh, hey, this time, you know, these hours, whatever the case is, just ask and and say if they don't really care, then you say, okay, well, you know what, I'm just going to pick I'm going to pick this time. Does that work with you? Because that helps keep me accountable um, for for checking in on time. And if you're somebody who is just trying to be a coachable self-coached client, (laughs) uh, you want to make a a little timetable for yourself and you want to be taking photos, you know, on a weekly basis and filling out an Excel sheet or a, or a little mini check-in or even in your notes where you're keeping note of, you know, your weights and your, um, your tracked workouts and your macros. And if you gave yourself a refeed, because all of these things that really specific communication and kind of data tracking um, is so helpful for both you yourself but for the coach as well to know what to do next we didn't even talk about data or anything in here i think that we could do another podcast strictly related metrics strictly related to tracking progress and Mm. you know and yeah definitely something that would be a fun one. I'm all about, I'm all about metrics because they're fascinating as you, if you work with us, you know that we do a lot, especially for, 
our prep clients, but also for our lifestyle clients. We do a lot of data-based um, and objective-based uh, kind of data collecting. Um, it makes it a little um, more concrete than just saying, I, you know, I want to get more fit or I want to lose fit. weight. <laughs> I want to be more fit. I want to have more muscle. I don't know what that means. Yeah, you know, how like, are we so going to measure that? So, and, and, so, and, and I have to ask a lot of questions when someone's like, well, I, you know, I want this. And if we're not taking specific measurements, it's like, how am I supposed to know when we get there? Because I can't yeah. read your mind. Right. Um, so, so the communication key is huge. And you just want to be able to ask questions where you need help and not be afraid of asking questions. And I think that that is one thing that you should look for in a coach is how you actually feel when you do ask questions. Because I've got some clients that say to me, I'm so sorry for asking. But then they'll be like, why did you lower my protein? I'll be like, why are you apologizing? Don't apologize for having questions. And so if the, I I want you to feel comfortable asking your coach a question without feeling like, oh, I'm bothering them, or this is a stupid question. That's what they're there for. That's what we're here for. If you hire your coach, you're you should. <laughs> you're paying them. And and I always say, you know, you're ask me any questions because, and you can ask me the same question five times because if you're asking me the same question five times, then I'm not doing a good yeah. job answering it for you. So that's not your problem. That's my problem because I need to make sure that I'm communicating the information that you need to know so you understand. So if you ask me again, and and I haven't thoroughly answered it, then I will go back and find another way. Now, we do miss questions. Sometimes people will send us an email with 25 questions and I do, we do our best to make sure. And if we miss that question, sometimes I wake up in the middle of the night and go, oh, I forgot to answer that question. And I was like, oops, I meant to. And and then I'll send them another I've literally woken up in the middle of the night and I've been like, I didn't answer Nikki's check-in or something like that. Just because t- this morning, my prep client, Nikki, was like, hey, did you get my check-in? And I was like, uh, yeah. But I totally read it and answered it in my brain. I answered but I it in my mind. I know. Yeah. Oh, and I hate so, when that happens. And so she texts me and she's like, you know, I'm sorry. And I'm like, stop. Do not be sorry. Like, this is... Please, th- yeah. yeah. And so Help that's me really, out helping you. That's really yeah. key because, again, you know, we are human and um, you're a coach likely is human who knows um and you just you you just want to have that open communication where you feel like there's no i guess no awkwardness um between you guys and that's where like the real the the relationship really comes in yeah and sometimes you know it's for sure sometimes the um the written word it it can um people can read things into it and and that can be hard you definitely don't want to so if sometimes you feel like a tone goes through there then make sure i i try very hard not to put any conceptual tones in there that because our job is to be very objective and not subjective but sometimes you know if you write something and somebody takes it you know the wrong way you that's not the purpose of that, yeah, you know, no, I guess so that's a, good, that's a really good point. Um, because I tend to like, I know personally, I talk with like a lot of exclamation. I do too. Um, and like, I will, and I'll type, and I type in caps too, because I, I write very much how I speak. And so when I'm trying to put emphasis on things, like you should see some of my check in responses. Some of them are in, in red or underlined and bold, like, and I tell yeah, a size. Yeah, purple and, yeah. And, like, <laughs> I just, just because I, I want 
I do want the experience for the client to feel like they're talking to me because it is mostly through email. And if, if schedules (laughs) permitted, I would do face to face, you know, it just, but it just doesn't work out like that when you have a bunch of people with different schedules. Um, but, but yeah, it's, it's true. You, I, I think that it's really important that as a coach too, that you don't only put emphasis on something like um, the scale going down or like, you know, you don't, because clients will get excited about these things. um, But if, if as the coach, you only focus in on one or, you know, this is kind of a different topic, but this, I just felt like this was important in communication. You have to be careful about the way that you use your tone. Um, and we almost praise certain things, um, because then the client, if you work with them for a long time, they may not feel the same praise if say they're not doing great in terms of like exercise and nutrition. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I totally do. You know, there are different things that people, you know, take for granted in the things that they do and the value of that, you know, in their day to day may be one thing, but then the value of what the coach is looking for may be something else. I do want to take a quick um, add a a very important um, insertion here, I guess the best way to say it, that the communication um, from you as a client to the coach uh, should be be um, clear. And what I mean by that is sometimes we'll get a check in with just the data, but they won't say anything else about what else is going on, which is fine. But sometimes it, if everything looks good, and we're moving along, and you know, we're we look like we're hitting the benchmarks that we should be hitting with what our overall perspectives are for the for your goals. But it sometimes we feel that there's something else that's going on that we don't quite know. And then we hear later on that, you know, a client was unhappy about something. I say, why did you not talk to me about this? And, and, and they're like, well, you know, I didn't again, for whatever reason, but so that's really on the, um, the onus of the client to do their best to just say, you know what, I have a red flag happening here for me, because we can't read your minds, we can't yeah. always read between the lines. But if, if and it could be something really, really tiny, but it also could be something that you're stewing about. And when I say and, and it could be really bothering you. And so that's an important thing to make sure that you just come out and say it. Um, but if, if we get a check in that literally is nothing but the facts, um, I sometimes I say I, really I have to throw to back. It. Yeah, yeah. sometimes I throw back and say, well, tell me, tell me a little bit and I have to dig. And that's okay, because a good coach should know how to dig. Um, and maybe there's nothing there to dig. But sometimes when the digging happens, and I've even had clients that mm-hmm. I have said things to, and I'm like, okay, there's not much you're not really saying. And I know there's something and then they come back to me like a month or two later. And they say, well, I wasn't feeling literally, they weren't feeling loved. And I'm like, uh, I don't know what that means. I'm trying really hard to, you know what I mean? They, like they weren't, like I wasn't picking up on things because I can't read, read yeah. I can't read your yeah, mind. that's true. That's, a, that's, so, a, that's really You good. know, and that's happened and that's hard. That's hard as a coach. Yeah, that's, um, that, that's a good point. It's the communication is so key, especially, you know, it just all, always goes back to that relationship. If you are going to hire a coach, you just have to be, you almost have to, you know, you're kind of signing sign you know you're not really signing something but you're signing a way that you are you know committing to being open and honest and committing to communicate in order to be your best 
version, whatever the goal is that you have. And, you know, without that, the coach can't do their job. And so at the end of the day, you have hired them to do a specific job. But it's like if you hire a plumber, but you're like, no, you can't go into the like the sink and into the bathrooms. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you just like, can't. You, you can't just... touch my, my water valves. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Right. So you do have to you have to, you know, it's kinda like full disclosure, like this is what's going on. And then I will say that the clients that do the best and the clients that stick with me the longest and the clients that um, see the most success in, you know, all realms, not just physically, um, are the ones that you know, share everything with me. <laughs> no, it's true. And, you know, I think especially these days, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of stuff out there that if you're just looking for a workout program, or if you're just looking for, you know, a macro calculator, you can find those, but if you're going to go and come, go ahead. Right. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, avatar nutrition, you know, there's a lot of places that you yeah. can go, but if you're looking to take your fitness and your health and your nutrition to another level and a coach, most coaches should, help you uh, take it to the next level in terms of your perspectives and how you, you know, what makes you tick. I think that's a lot of what we look for in of, terms of change in our bodies. Yeah. If you mm -hmm. think about it, even if like think back to if you ever played sports in school or, you know, you were, you were an ice skater or something and you had a coach, the coaches, you know, it depends on who you work with. And again, you'll find out what this coach is like when you have your initial communication with them. Um, but a coach is, is also a mentor, uh, in my opinion. I guess maybe that's because that's the way that we run our business and we run our, you know, the, that's what our philosophies are. But a coach should be like a mentor and a role model to you um, and someone that will take you from point A to point B, but they fill that journey with so much more than just, you know, the facts. Here's A to B. This is how you do it. So anyway, um, you know. Well, at least it, that's how we go about it. We look we for a lot it. of this right. personal growth, too, right. that a lot right. of our yeah. clients well, experience. That's our, that's our, that's like, our style. Core, but. <laughs> but anyway, so so moving on to more, more practical um you know, the third thing that a coach would need from you um, is patience. Ah, and we'll just, we'll just tone, you know, we'll make the tone a little bit more fluffy and happy because patience is hard, man. Like having patience for anything in life is hard. And I'll just throw it out there. The podcast that we're doing now is, um, not now, next, uh, that you'll go ahead and listen to is uh, how to have patience in a world that is full of people and things that are instant. We get that instant gratification right here, right now. I want it now. Like, who's that? Who's the girl from um, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory with the chocolate bar or whatever it is? And she's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is the, the golden, one that would turn into the golden yeah, goose. She turns into the blueberry. <laughs> Is that yeah, the one? What it, yeah. I don't know. I don't remember. Yeah, it's like that perfect I, example of, <laughs> of like, I want it now and like, give me it now. Um, but anyway, so, you know, you, you have to have patience. Um, and this refers to a million and one things. Um, but it all comes down to being willing to listen to the coach's recommendations, suggestions, and plan. Yeah, that's pretty much that's um that's the core of you know working with the coach because that's patience is how you respond to it and if 
you know, how do you handle it and how do you process it? And that comes down to it kind of all weaves together that comes down to communication that comes down to you understanding so that you can uh, execute the program and and get the results but you you know you definitely need to be willing to listen to the the coaches um, recommendations yeah you hired a coach for a reason and mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. you know the I think one of the hardest things that people have we already did discuss about the the carbs and the the little joke that I I made about having them ask the other clients like did you feel like this did you did you think it was too many carbs also goes for when when a client signs up with us and they're like this is this is all the workout is and it's like six exercises and we're like yeah like that's it go do it like go try it <laughs> and um you know so it's really tempting to add more exercises if that's what you're used to or do more cardio because you think that that will get you there faster or a big one I see people doing and I'm like wait stop don't do that is under eating mm -hmm. the the macros that we give you in hopes that that will make you reach your goal faster It'll make you hungrier faster. It'll make you more likely to overeat on the weekends faster. Um, yeah. Will it necessarily bring you to your goal faster? Yeah, maybe if you can sustain it. But that's not – that's the reason why we don't put you on super low calories because the faster res results – don't necessarily lead to long-term results. And and it's this, I think that's a good point with um, a lot of times people will come in and uh, we often will get exercise instructors or trainers and they're doing a lot of, already a lot because they're very, lead very um, physically active jobs. And I say, we have to, we take all of this into consideration. You've got your physically active job, but your training is your training and your training. It has to be a balance of what you're doing in your daily life and what your goals are. So, you know, just, be, you know, if you have to teach four spin classes, I'm not going to say, Oh, guess what? You've got four more cardio sessions on top of your, your four spin classes. If you have to be you know, on your bike and teaching the spin classes, you know, so we have to be careful that we are modulating all of the parameters, the exercise, the nutrition, you know, the, the cardio, you know, the training. And, and when somebody says, oh, but it doesn't feel hard enough, I often will have to turn it back to them and say, well, let's talk about your, how you're training. You know, I did the workout. It didn't feel hard enough. Well, you know, somebody can pick do, I was joking, pick up a heavier weight or, you know, there's a lot of ways that we can modify this yeah. to teach you how to get the results that you, yeah. that you I need. I guess the main point here is that uh, more is not always better and less is not always better. So more exercise is not always better and less food is not always better in order to reach a fat loss goal. And so, Sweet and I know spot. that, yeah, and I know that we're talking pretty generally just because not everybody has the goal of losing fat, but even if you're trying to build more lean muscle, uh, more muscle, you're still probably trying to build muscle and lose fat, you know, whether it's simultaneously. So we're, you know, this can really go for anybody across the entire spectrum of being very overweight or, or not, or needing to put on weight. Um, it really just, more and less, there's got to be that sweet spot. And truthfully, one doesn't really know what the sweet spot is until they start trying. So you kind of have to rein in either up or down um, and find a middle ground to see where to go next. Yeah. No, yeah. that's so that, that's good. The fourth and final one we're going to talk about 
we will end the podcast with, but I just want to, you know, kind of pop in the middle here before we go over our last point and um, just say thank you to everybody that's been leaving reviews and feedback on the podcast. So if you're listening to this and you do like it um, and you've enjoyed any of our podcast episodes so far, just take a little screenshot of it and throw it up in your Instagram story and tag both myself and Jules in there just so we can see that you're listening uh, and you can even include where you're where you're listening from um, and what the weather is outside snowing, your window <laughs> if it's snowy are you in a snow globe or are you in a sunshine filled I don't know box of something fun um, so that is so we just want to say thank you for listening and, and giving the feedback um, that you know we've been asking for it means a lot to us that you're listening and enjoying it so um, lastly the number four uh, th- the the last thing that you'll need a coach, um, I'm what am I talking about? <laughs> I'm like I'm <laughs> to be successful, my working, like, being a good client. <laughs> what, is, what are words? I can't stop. Um, is trust and honesty? Um, and so we've kind of touched on this trust and honesty portion throughout the entire podcast and even the podcast before. Um, this trust is huge because of the relationship. And as a client, you are putting you know a large part of your life in the hands of of somebody else. And of course, you're able to make your own decisions. So it's not like the coach says, okay, here are your macros and you're sitting there and you're like, I'm so hungry. Sometimes you do need to, you know, you need to eat and listen to yourself. Um, But you are putting a large part of your health in somebody else's hands. So if you're open and honest and you ask your questions and you, you know, lay it all out, your concerns, um, you should be able to have a good relationship with the coach. So you're able to ask the hard questions um, and you can keep and grow that trust and, you know, look to this person, this coach as someone who really gets you. Um, And the trust and honesty just throughout every single aspect of being a client is pretty crucial. Yes. And I do think, you know, if you are um, working with a coach and you do, you know, you do find that you make the choice or decide you need to deviate from what the coach has given you, don't be embarrassed about that, but tell the coach and, 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 the coach has that responsibility then to understand what your your reasons were and have a conversation about it. So that's where that trust and honesty comes out with because you are an adult and your coach is an adult too. And so you have to look at this relationship as being able to communicate. It all goes back to that. But also um, realize that being a coach and being honest with your clients, sometimes it's hard because sometimes we have to say things to our clients that may be uncomfortable in terms of, you know, we see a behavior maybe that they're doing that they may not see. And we have to, sometimes we have to scratch at that surface that might bring something up. But if we're seeing something that may not be um, in the best interest of the client that's going on, then it is our responsibility, at least that's how we look at it. I know I do, and Elle does too, that I've had to turn to clients and say, you know, I see A, B, and C going on. We need to talk about this. Yeah, like, um, I can't and, help you. Yeah. This is not my level of expertise. Exactly. And so, exactly. and that's when you go and you reach out to a different type of coach um, and you go through all or of Or another those, medical practitioner right, exactly, sometimes, right. you know? So, yeah. Right. And that's when so. you go through basically all of the steps that we laid out for you in our first podcast episode on 
you know, finding a coach, using one and, and keeping one um, for your goals because your goals may change. And, and I think a big thing is that if you do have one coach for a certain phase in your life, say it's a prep coach and they've served you well and you leave and you go and find another coach that serves you well for that area of life, I think it's important that that's what that's what coaches, I'm using, you know, air quotes right now, or mentors or medical professionals are there for because they're supposed to help you with a problem, not necessarily keep you around forever because right. then they're not good at what they do. Um, yeah. You know, or, you know, I've got plenty, I've got clients I've been working with for five years and I, I'm like, I love that you stay because, you know, you build these relationships. Um but if a, if a client does need to leave and if you feel that you're not a good fit with somebody, uh, you can always move on and find something that really just fits your life right now. Right, exactly. Yeah, I have this little saying that I say people come into our lives for a reason, a season, or a lifetime. And, you yeah, know, and I do quote? think, um, actually, I, I'm not 100% sure, but I'm going to say, whoops. Oh, that's story. That's a, a solicitation little, call. It's an unknown Megan, Megan <laughs> little trainer. Megan trainer. Um, but I think it actually might come back from Mary Kay um, Ash from uh, from a long time ago. But it is one that um, I've always felt to be true, not only as a coach, but you know, in, in life in general, friends, um, relationships. But every everybody has a purpose and. We as coaches do feel very honored and um, humbled to to work with clients when they come to us. If we can most certainly build these great relationships to have the client be successful yeah. in a coaching relationship, it is all about the client being successful. At least that's my philosophy. Yeah, I never want anyone. I never want my clients to leave me. But when they do leave me and they say you've done everything that I could have asked for, but I'm ready to go. I'm like, eh, okay, fine. <laughs> Bye. And, like, but you know, and it's, it's, but again, like, that's what we do. We're here to teach you. And, you know, that's what we want for, for you to be able to take what you've learned and, and run with it. So we hope that this episode served you in some way and if it did please do leave us a review you can talk about a specific episode if you've already left us a review you can leave us another one and you can reference you know a specific episode that you liked or any specific part that you liked um because again that always helps us so um ta-ta for now because we're gonna jump into uh the next episode so thank you guys for listening thank you bye bye